What the heck is up, everybody? We're back. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023, and I got good friends, former teammates, and current resident of Iowa City, but was originally from North Carolina, Anthony West using. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How we doing? How we doing? Good. So, uh, Anthony, uh, I gave a little bit. I hope I didn't miss out on too much, but Anthony used to play college basketball. He was actually four years there, and I played with him for two of them over at Luther College. Yeah, man, it was a, it was a good time. I miss hooping back in the day. Travis Feckers was definitely uh, one, of, one of the best coming off the bench, I think, in Luther history. It goes unnoticed, but I definitely noticed it. Uh, I don't know about that. I would nail a three occasionally in practice and surprise everybody. You know, it was uh, it was good. Hey, you had game, bro. Don't let people sleep on you. You had game. Yeah, it's always fun. I mean, it was a lot because I would do JV and I would go to I dress for all the varsity. So man, those Januarys when you're on the road, like four days out of the week, sometimes oh. five if there's multiple JV games. It's that, that those were those were tough, but man, those were awesome memories. So no, it'll be awesome to have you on. I think you're uh, the first t- former teammate of mine to come on, and uh, perfect timing with March Madness. Yeah, man, hundred percent. I actually uh, set this up sort of on my end. I reached out to old Trav here, um, wanted to hop on the podcast for a while and talk basketball, especially with the the Final Four coming up. So I'm definitely looking forward to chopping it up about who we got and whatnot. Absolutely. So I guess we'll just cut straight to the chase. Uh, We quickly discussed this before it. Uh, Anthony is originally from North Carolina. Big Duke guy. I've never known how I thought about that, but big Duke Blue Devil fan. And he's not not one of those bandwagon fans because he has a valid reason for liking him. No, 100%, man. Uh, Big Dukie. I mean, just going back to... I mean, we're talking Austin Rivers game winner over, uh, was it Tyler Zeller? Not Cody, right? Yeah. It was his brother over Tyler Zeller. Going back to the win in Maui, I think over Kansas or someone, but did going way back. And then obviously when I got older, started paying attention more to the recruits, uh, the actual team and the players and what their potential NBA prospect uh, was looking like. So definitely a huge dookie um, to heart. Yeah, that's a good point. Just curious, so you've seen a lot of good basketball over the years. Do you have like a favorite player that sticks out? That's a tough one. If if I'm going just off the emotion that that player brought to me, it's got to be Zion. I mean, just from his announcement to the last game he played, just so much excitement. And I mean, that's a once-in-a-generation type player. And to come to Duke and have him on the team that I pulled for was just so amazing on top of having uh, Cam Reddish, Tyus Jones, um, RJ Barrett that year. It was just a super stacked team. So definitely Zion. That was an insane team. Zion was electric, dude. He he like lit up an arena every time he came in. And the wild thing is, because um, so he played at, I believe, Spartanburg Day, which played schools around the area where I grew up. So he played oh. Christ School. And I, so I was following him uh, in high school a lot playing the local teams like high school. Zion was dominating then, and then the naysayers were saying, oh, it's only because of the competition or the the size he's playing. He gets to college, does the same thing. The naysayers say, oh, it's only because of college. He's not going to be able to do that in the NBA. What has he been doing in the NBA, Trav? Dominating. 
Yeah, he does. He does have some health issues on and off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he plays, absolutely, they do have to limit him because they need to make sure that he's not hurt at the wrong time. So. Right. Right. But no, I did not realize that he grew up that close to North Carolina. Uh, now yeah. that I'm now that I'm currently in Minnesota, they talk about another member of that team because he's from like Apple Valley or something. Uh, Tyus Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyus yeah. Apple Valley. I yeah. bet the Jones twins were huge, um, like in terms of fame in Apple Valley. I don't know the Minnesota area like that. Yeah, uh, Jalen Suggs is also somebody they talk about a ton. So was Chet Holmgren from Apple Valley as well? I know he played with Jalen. You know what? I actually don't know. Um, he's nobody that people talk about. He's, I don't know. He doesn't have that physical appeal that some of those other dudes have like completely strong you you look around at him he just you know tall skinny white guy um hey man i think that's where the the new wave is coming you know that dude (laughs) from france the i forget his name uh starts with a w but he's supposedly the number one draft pick serious yeah you've never you haven't heard anything about him no like this coming year yeah like next year no uh what's his actual name uh, it's like Wimbaway. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I don't even know if how to spell that, but uh, Wimbleway. Yeah. I'll have to let look him up. No, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Cause he's oh yeah, Victor Wimbanyama. I think what? that's how you say. He's from France, seven four center, but he plays like a guard, um, essentially KD, but taller, um, similar to Giannis in terms of how he could just dominate with his size. Oh but, shoot, um, Dude, he has 50- a handle too. 53% from three-point? Yeah, man, he can shoot, too. I'm telling you, this dude's like a unicorn. Like, think Chris stops, but more athletic, more built, just just solid. So he's currently in a professional basketball already, so he'll go straight to the NBA. Right. Man, I, it would have been cool to, to see him. It would have been cool to see some of these guys go to play college in the USA, join like, right. the big dance and see what they can do. Right. Yeah. He's he's similar to Luca, you know, playing in yeah. Europe and then stepping over. Yeah. Anyways, uh Duke. What are your <laughs> thoughts on the season? Man, the ups and downs. I mean, starting out the year, I knew John Shire had his work cut out for him, taking over after that insane final four run on Coach K's final season. You'd think like most programs, there's a down year, but Nope, John Shire uh, picks up right where we left off, wins the ACC tournament championship, goes on a, a, a winning streak of a 8 to 11 games to the end of the year. Um, man, it was tough. In the beginning, I, I, I'm i going to be honest, midway through the season, I was doubting this freshman class. I was like, this may be the worst freshman class we've recruited in a while. Um, I thought Derek Lively was lousy to be the number one overall prospect coming into college. I thought we just didn't have a guy like a Zion, a Jason Tatum, Paolo Bancaro. Um, so I was doubting them, you know. That, that's high expectations, though. Those are like some of the better players in the NBA right now. Everyone right. listed, like that's that's high. <laughs> I mean, bro, when you when you come to Duke, you yeah. you come as the top dog, and Duke is a. You know, people hate on Duke for the fact that they get, like, the good recruits. But it's yeah. also a thing of you got to develop these 17, 18, 19-year-olds into NBA talent. They don't just – they're not just overnight turn into that. Um, I think if you listen to a lot of podcasts and interviews with Duke players, they talk about how Duke and the coaches and the staff really prepare them for the NBA and elevate their game. They all seem very mature. 
You know, right. by the time they uh, get closing in on the NBA draft, the way they talk to the press, all that stuff is in a very mature way where you don't get that everywhere. Some people are a little high and high about themselves or, uh, you know, it, it, you just look at different interviews and then you look at a Duke player and they're always talking, we, um, yep. this is what we've done. Uh, coach helped us out or they talk about another teammate that had a big game. It, it doesn't seem like it's ever really about themselves. And even if the interviewer tries to get some more of that out of them, cause you know, that's what they're there for. They're trying to get some clickbait. They don't really fall for it. So that's, mm-hmm definitely a program thing yeah and i think john shard taking over just elevates it if i'm being honest like i loved coach k um i'll never talk bad about coach k but i felt like towards the end of the, he was just a little too old wasn't active animated enough especially in today's game um guys look for someone they can relate to and i think john shard being a young coach is perfect for that so one thing that we're starting to see that's interesting like you just take a look at the final four this year it's a lot of different teams, even some mid-major teams. Yeah. Now, I was still looking and, you know, a lot of the biggest recruits going to Kentucky, uh, going to Duke, North Carolina. There was one at Iowa State, which was shocking to see. Texas got one. Yeah, Texas got one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're starting to see like with NIL and people using like their fifth years, it seems like it's technically right. It's starting to level out the playing field a little bit more where last year we saw four blue bloods this year none of them none of them are traditionally schools that win UConn is an exception to that but we still haven't seen them win in a decade or so so I think NIL is kind of doing some stuff where it's making players stay a little bit longer because they don't feel like they need to go pro because they're getting some money if you're pretty good or if you're big at that campus yeah. I mean, not only that, um, but the transfer portal, you're now able to essentially play free agency yeah. in college basketball and build a team. Um, and so now you're getting some brilliant coaches coming into the college scene um, and just putting together some solid teams with guys that will stay longer, like you said, because that NIL money. So it's definitely uh, leveling the playing field. And I, I'm for it. I, I like it. Yeah. I was I think college football can use some of that. And I hope it starts to turn that direction because, man, it's just like Every three, four teams are mm-hmm. always in the college football playoff. But hey, we're talking basketball. Don't don't get me started on that. I, I love yeah, and it, it works both ways. But the thing was, I think a lot of people did get tired of. Uh, it will still happen for the most part, but it will make it a little less likely for one of the you know number one recruit in high school. He plays one season, he's gone the next year. Maybe Duke, if they get that number one recruit, all of a sudden they got him for two years now. Maybe even three if he, you know, if he finds a reason to stay a little bit longer because he's getting adequate money and he likes the campus. So I think especially for so Texas in general, they're not they're a football school. Yeah. But basketball, they they see some good years every now and then. And they're, you know, competitive. They're moving to the SEC, but Big 12 is one of the better programs or better conferences every year. It it might be nice, you know, when we get that one big recruit, he doesn't leave the first year because these big schools, they got boosters. They got people throwing money around. It's almost every campus. But some campuses obviously have bigger funds for that. It's just a matter of where you go. 100%. Do you think Texas is going to stay around or it was just, was this just one year? I mean, 
Uh, they're losing a lot this coming year. I think they'll be decent. What I'm most interested in seeing is Rodney Terry's first year. He's not having the transfers from Chris yep. Beard anymore. This is his team to uh, work and recruit, and he was able to hold on to some. And I think the good thing was he was already on the staff, so people feel like he's another version of who originally recruited them. So we're not seeing a fallout there. But, I mean, I don't expect Elite Eight next year. That'd be awesome, but I I don't see that happening. It's it's absolutely unbelievable to get to that part of the big games. I'll tell you that. That's what I've realized. Like being a Duke fan, you it's championship or bust. But you just look at let's look at last year's run, for instance. Duke survived, and just looking back on highlights, just some close games. Like Michigan State, that was a really close one. But Texas Tech last year, I did not think Duke was going to make it past, and then they did. Mm-hmm. They beat Arkansas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's really tough to get to the lead eight. It was brutal to see Duke go down to a shorthanded Tennessee. I really thought we were going to win that game. I had the, I was telling everybody it was a lock. I was like, they're disrespecting Duke with that spread. I think they were minus five and a half or six. And, that's a uh, that's a lot of points, man. Yeah, but in my mind, I'm thinking Tennessee has no offense. Yeah, yeah. the defense is good, but we've played Virginia um, a few times and really showed that we could score. And then, man, it was just – to be fair – and this happens, and you can't get mad as a fan, but one of Tennessee players, I think it was like a Chewy or something. I'm terrible with names. 11 of 13 against Duke. The next game against FAU, Trav, two points. <laughs> yeah, happens all the time. I mean, Man. there's streaky shooters out there. And they're always the X factors. One thing that we saw, I mean, we'll go into it deeper. Uh, Jordan Miller is kind of like that for Miami. Yes, he had you a know. very impressive game. Uh, but he... He's kind, he can be hot and cold. He's not like Juan where you see a little more consistency. If he has that big game, there's no way they're losing. But, you know, there's also times where he's a little more under the radar or they, lock, they focus on him a little bit more in their defensive schemes. And all of a sudden, you know, he's on, you know, single-digit points, yeah. a little less production, and a little easier to beat Miami because they're so guard-based. Man, speaking of that game, I – I really thought Texas just had full control, but you felt a turn and the commentators were catching on to it, but it was like the small ball was really throwing off Texas. And then they just weren't hitting the shots that they were in the first half. Oh, sorry. I think you cut out and I think we'll oh. hear that on the feed. What'd you say? I was just uh, talking about how Texas A um, was struggling with that small ball that Miami was bringing, but B just wasn't hitting shots like they were in the first half, you know? Yeah. I, I guess we'll just go into it really quick. Yeah, Texas, they didn't have any flow the whole entire second half. Uh, one thing that I was really happy to hear, because I get annoyed when teams complain about refereeing and that yep. being the only reason they lost, because it absolutely was not the only reason Texas lost. But an uh, interviewer, after the, I was listening to Rodney Terry and them talk to the main guys, I think it was most of the starting five out there with them, including Brock Cunningham, too. They asked him. They were trying to hear what he thought about the refereeing because, obviously, I mean, Jordan Miller didn't miss from the line. and he had. Did yep. he have up to 10 free throws that I whole think, game? I think he went 11-11, yeah. They shot a lot of free throws to get into the game. And, you know, 
give and take a couple tic-tacs. Some of them were actual real fouls. He basically claimed, and he said out loud, it wasn't the whole reason they lost, and it absolutely wasn't because they could have hit shots here and there. They took some bad shots. Uh, they didn't take care of the ball, some possessions. It's, there's a lot that went into that game, and they really didn't earn it. I mean, they had a horrible second half. It was yeah. it was crazy to see because all they had to do was hold the lead. They didn't even have to play that good in the second half, and they failed to do that. Uh, Miami looked very impressive, and they took advantage of everything that was given to them. I mean, they hit their shots, they hit their free throws, and they made plays, and they they play with such unbelievable pace. It's I actually I'm planning to. My, my play that I'll talk about later is I do think Miami will cover the spread. I think they might win this next game. I, I really like Miami. I've thought about it the whole year. I've kind of tracked them. And yes, UConn looks better than anybody else out there right now. And they ab- they actually haven't had a close game all tournament. But Miami's battle-tested and they've kind of gone through a brutal... Um, they've gone through a brutal gauntlet to be able to get to this point in the Final Four. So... I am going to pick them to at least cover. I think they might win, though. Man, here, here's the thing. Um, you make some good points, and I've, I've been a huge Miami fan. I've been betting behind them behind the whole tournament. Uh, but the thing with UConn um, is they are not going to fumble the game away like Texas. They... Oh, come on. That's cold. That's cold. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean this in like an objective way. Like watching UConn dismantle a Gonzaga team like they did Um, because it was they had a seven point or so lead against Gonzaga and Gonzaga could have threatened to run but they came out second half and just shut them out like 30 point beat down and so I think Miami does yes they have the potential to cover and beat them would I think that's going to be my pick I don't think so I, I go back and forth Trav but UConn is just there's just they're the most complete team in the tournament now I get that, and I like UConn, and they're actually the only remaining team in the people's top 10. I'll I'll do, by the way, for those of you that follow it a little bit, I'll be doing the last one uh, probably next podcast, but after the season's over here in a week or so. Anyways, they're great. I I like them, but sometimes you have to fade the people because I don't think the people people are right on this one, and I, I just love Miami. I, I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised. I think UConn just has not been tested yet. And if they are able to pass a test here against a good Miami team, that's great. But I just I have a feeling that sometimes you just need to ride the wave with a team that's been able to compete and win games like that. And maybe Miami's due to kick some ass. I mean, I don't see them kicking UConn's ass, but <coughs> teams can get hot. And you've given a, a pretty good team, you know, a whole week to prepare. Yeah. You can say the same thing about UConn, but I don't know. I've seen UConn be very beatable in some Big East play. And uh, I also think that UConn, their competition relative to some other teams that are still in the field hasn't been the same. What I'll say is, and this is going to sting, um, but Texas showed what a team with um, good interior players, but also perimeter players that can score from three, which is exactly what UConn has, but better, I think, interior players can do to Miami. I mean, they had them beat, and then mm. Miami got hot. We talked through the comeback, but I just, again, I think UConn's is similar to Texas, but a little bit better, more talented, and it's going to show. The game that is 
a coin flip in my eyes. And I, <laughs> is is FAU and San Diego State, man? Because I have bet against FAU every single game in this tournament, except the um, FDU one where they played the 16 seed. Yeah, that was the most boring game of the tournament in my opinion. I, I, I knew that one was. I knew that one was wraps, but I had Memphis, and Memphis should have won, uh, but a game winner. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that game, man? Okay, so I'm going to go with SDSU, and I'm going to say this while simultaneously admitting that San Diego State is the most boring team left in the tournament. Like, I don't, I'm going to watch the game. I don't want to watch the game. I have no interest in this game because I think the best play of the night is the under in that game because it could be 52 54 and it likely will yeah that's a great play it's gross and i'm not gonna bet the under on it but (laughs) hell san diego state could win by one point like they could win this and not cover i just i am gonna probably just take san diego state minus two right now i'll I'll play with the points a little bit yeah Here's my thing. If if you're building a parlay, is the minus one ten minus one thirty difference isn't worth it no. to lose like that. So take uh, San Diego State minus one thirty, and then, again, this is guts. I, I hate betting against Miami, but UConn minus two fifty parlayed with that. I believe like the odds. Nope. Live, right? Brother, I'm going straight spreads on both of them. Miami spread and San Diego San Diego State spread. Oh, right. For good measure, just because I usually like to bet odd amounts, so then I know I'm either up or down on the day because pushing is annoying in my opinion. I hate I, when I'm like I, agree. I hate when I go two and two on the day, and that's just it. Because <clears> if I go two, if I go one and one and I push on the third, I'm probably gonna bet on like the Western Conference game that's going on that night. Because <laughs> yeah. like I'm like I'm I'm running with something today because I'm not gonna do this whole you lost you know five to ten dollars on your bets because you know you you just broke even no I'm winning or I'm losing like I'm not taking no ties man mate speaking of bets I've got a, a considerable about a, amount of money on this Wisconsin North yeah. Texas over. I already bet on those, actually. Like, I am going to put plays closer to when uh, Saturday hits, so I'll probably put the plays in either Saturday morning or Friday night for the official spreads, but I'm still going to stick with my spreads. Nothing's going to change my opinion. But tonight, I already bet on Wisconsin money line, and I bet on FAU over. Or, no, no, no. Uh, who was it? A- UAB, UAB over. yeah. It's a lot of points, and I have a feeling that might not hit, but I got to do it for the vibes, and also because they're the people's top ten, number two. Talk so. to me about. It. Do you think Wisconsin North Texas is going over? It's at one fifteen, <laughs> which is an insanely no low number. Both teams play slow, but what I what I was reading about is um, slower pace is going to help Wisconsin be more comfortable on offense. They're not being sped up, so I think they'll score. And then a close game. I mean, we have a one and a half point spread. That means free throws at the end. So someone's going to break 60 and push us over, I hope. There's only a handful of teams in the Big Ten that I would ever bet an over in, in both um, uh, football and basketball. Big Ten, I think, just hates points. They, they hate it with all their guts. And you're in Iowa City right now. Iowa was just, I mean, watching that uh, that game against Kentucky – of course, they were both without like quarterbacks, <laughs> but at the same time, my eyes, man, they were hurting. Oh uh, man, they yeah. were in their defense. They were playing 
what turned out to be the number one team overall in the people's top 10 throughout the year, which is Kentucky, because they, they're under hit at like a crazy slate. <clears throat> Anyways, yes, I what I'm trying to say through all this is you should never bet Wisconsin basketball overs. <laughs> you're going to just be so disappointed because you're going to look uh, at it and be like, oh, it's 125? Like you never see that. They're always in the 30s at least. And then you choose to bet that and you're just – you're hurting the whole time because it's like 25-25 mid-second half. And you're like, shit, there's no way that they go over anymore. Like, that's impossible. Mate, I, I need you to speak more positively about this. Oh, I, so you, you did officially pick the over. Oh, right? I took the over, yes. You didn't even yes. just take money line? Look, I was back and forth, but doing research, every expert out there, and I hope they're wrong, had North Texas, Trout, everybody. Like, I couldn't find a single... Uh, betting expert website, whatever that said, North Te- or Wisconsin. You're betting <laughs> except Travis. Right <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, hey, I hope I think they'll win. I would have bet that, but I just didn't feel confident enough. I really do think this is gonna go over. I hope listening to this podcast, I'm not eating my words, but no, I'm not trying to diss you. And actually, you know, I looked at it too. Because 115 is insane. That's still, like, I that, mean, that is low. That's like 31 points in football. Like, right. that's, you right. have to play the perfect defensive game. And you to, know what? Wisconsin has been five, last five of seven games, they've been putting up over 71 points. Wait, who? Wisconsin? Wisconsin, yeah. We're talking about the same team right now. Yes, right? lately in the NIT especially, they've been putting up points. Against Liberty, they, they won 75-73. Oh, man, those boys are uh, hooping a little bit now, huh? They picked up their offense in the NIT. All it took was getting out of the big dance. Right. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. But I haven't been following the NIT, to be honest. I just realized a couple days ago when, you know, the Elite Eight was over that UAB was even still in because they were high on our list. But I don't think they – Go ahead. Nope, my bad. No, you, I was just going to say, first night of NIT, me and my uh, roommate here, we bet on it. Lost pretty heavy, and I hadn't paid attention to it since. Let me guess, Rutgers? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I heard so much. I don't, you know, I, I, I didn't hear you say anything about it, but I heard a lot about Rutgers, and I almost bet on it myself, but then I remembered you literally are going to bet on almost every single game in March Madness. So, right. I mean, you're putting in, like, if I'm putting in like seven to nine plays on the first opening days, I can forget the Rutgers game for a little while, man. Like that's yeah. that's not a big deal. Save some money for when the big dance happens. No, you want to. So that game was a sell, and I've seen it happen in a few games. Memphis against FAU. It's all it's all yeah. been point guards turning it over, but trap. Virginia against Furman should not have happened. Kehi Clark, a fifth, sixth year, dang eighth year senior who has played since 2014, decides to chuck the ball across the, the court. And it, of course, Trav, in March Madness fashion, leads to a bang three game winner for Furman. I mean, I was sick. I, that, that took a parlay away from me that I had. <laughs> I had Miami Moneyline in their first round against Drake. People were saying Miami was going to lose. No, nope, they won. That's one of the crazy things. Miami was supposed to lose. They were a, a they, bust for the first round, and that was a I weird know. upset, I thought. I don't know. No, I look, the whole time I knew Miami was going to win that. Then I had Duke over Oral Roberts, who people also said was an upset. Crazy. Blew them out. 
And then Virginia would have took me home, Travis, and given me a sweet, sweet profit, and they choked. Just, ugh. Yeah, I just, I don't trust Virginia in March Madness. I think they're either going to lose first round or win it all every single year. I think it's 50-50, too. The probabilities of them winning it all if they pass the first round is pretty high. Can we take a moment to talk about Zach Eady and the collapse in the first round? My goodness. <laughs> yeah. I did give some thoughts on this a little bit last week, and I think the Big Ten is uh, going to constantly do this. I think that they're going to bring in a ton of teams when I didn't think they were that good this year. I didn't think the I Big- didn't either. I didn't either. I mean, I didn't think they were playing in a great conference. I did think Purdue was pretty good, but in general, nobody stood out. And that's why the March Madness bracket looks so cool right now because there was not one standout team in this whole entire tournament. You could say Bama, and I thought Arizona was up there, but they were only Man. a two seed. But Pac-12, you know, I will say I got to give a shout-out to Pac-12 out there because not only in the football season but basketball, they always save the day at night. You, you get your revenge bets out on the Pac-12. The only problem is you have to listen to Bill Walton while you watch the game. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that one time. Bill Walton, just he can be a little much. You have to be in the right mood for him, you know? Oh, sorry, you cut out. What's up? No, go ahead. You were talking about Bill Walton. Oh, I was just saying you have to be in the right mood for Bill Walton. You're right, and the, nothing's worse than when you're losing your pet and you just hear Bill Walton talking crazy about biking in the mountains or whatever it may be. Yeah, he's random as hell. I mean, it would it's kind of fun. I think that he's ideal to listen to if you're like having drinks with friends and maybe a little buzz because then you're like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? Like, he, he is, he's kind of a hippie in some sorts, but he's kind of fun when it's the right mood. But if it's like a Tuesday night, you just wanted to watch one more game because, I don't know, you weren't really tired – it's it's like a fever dream per se because that's that's exactly how i describe it to people i feel like i'm in a fever dream when bill walton is on i hear conference of champions yeah that's every sentence i mean they weren't even that good i like i thought that the top of the use uh the top of the pac-12 was insane but you go beyond like three teams champions dude come on don't (laughs) act like anybody can win that conference it's literally two or three teams the ACC was weird this year. Like, it was a toss-up, but there were some teams that were either really good or really bad. I think NC State was one of them. Clemson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a it was a weird year. We'll see how Duke does. I honestly haven't even looked at their recruits coming in yet. I know we have a solid point guard, but outside of that, we have Tyrese Proctor coming back. You know who yeah. that is? Yeah. Uh, yep. I know who you're talking about. Plus, I saw you posted. That was yeah. uh, that was big news, dude. Big dude, he was projected like thirtieth. Um, so like, was that late first round? Yeah, he could. You give him another year too. I mean, oh, he's a top ten. Yeah, with another year under his belt, it's just. Go ahead. I think that's smart though, and I think that more teams or more players on a on pretty decent teams use the NIL money and maybe make more. Like, oh, dude. Well, I mean, how much do you think they make it do? I'd say that they probably have pretty good boosters at Duke. I think 
any of those blue blood programs. I think Kentucky has to have a ton of dough. I mean, did you? I think I heard something about a Miami booster, which they're a football school, and Miami was throwing out dough over this past off season to get great players. So, dude, I'm I'm looking at live. Uh, this is just for Duke football, so I can't even imagine. Uh, football. I will say, football is probably more equal to basketball at Duke than you'd think. Football makes a ton of money, and usually the big spenders are asking for football money, too. Oh, my. Trev, number one overall in I.O., guess who? Wait, who? And this is just a website. It says Bronny James at 7.2 mil. How's he making NIL money already? Probably. I mean, he's a senior, so he's heading to, to college, so he's probably a... Uh, oh, my God. That Bro, they say though. 95% chance to get to Ohio State. That would be wild. Yeah. How much do you think uh, Ohio State's given out? I guess they're a pretty big school, but you don't hear about it much in basketball. And I, I know that he's probably going to go to Ohio State because I think LeBron would have gone that route if he went to college. Dude, imagine LeBron one year in college. You Have you seen his documentary, More Than a Game? Yeah. Yeah, that's an uh, old flick, but I saw bro. that way back. Yeah, me too. I used, I used to watch it like pre-game to hype me up. So <laughs> if you haven't watched it out there, watch more than a game. Such a good one. But dude, he would have dominated. Dude, the Drake soundtrack on it too. Yes. <laughs> memories. The and, childhood. Uh, Forever. I think the song Forever mm-hmm. was on that. That was a bop, dude. It had, I think, three or four different huge artists on that song. Oh, dude. Drake, Drake is uh, the GOAT. Don't, don't get me started on that. Yeah, dude. Anyways, yeah, so you're you're playing with those. I guess one more thing I really wanted to talk about was uh, how – so FAU, three-loss yeah. team on the year. Now they are 35-3. and three. Do you think they were underrated going into it? I know they were playing a pretty hot Memphis team at the time, but – I mean, there were. I didn't hear anything about a team like that. I mean, wouldn't they be a higher seed, even as a mid-major, if they only had three losses on the year? So, I'll add this. I have watched an insane amount of college basketball this year, simply just betting on it. So, I've watched small to big schools. Been peeping FAU. I'd put them up there this year with Kent State, um, uh, Old Dominion, or sorry, no Old Dominion, Oral Roberts. Those sort of schools because, yes, FAU is good. Um, mm-hmm. I, did I think they were this good? No, but I thought they were a dangerous 8-9 seed. Um, so I thought the the seed was was granted. They, again, they won a crazy close game against Memphis. And, and, and Travis, think about this. This is what I think about. Imagine Memphis wins that game. How does that change the tournament? Like, just based on that single or like if Virginia doesn't turn it over there or if whatever happens like just think about one change how that changes the entire bracket yeah and you you could do the same thing with a couple other teams because SDSU made it in and like I said I don't think they had a very crazy road to get to the final four I think they had an easier road than some other teams I don't want that to take away from the success they had but their first round matchup was uh who people thought would bust them and that was charleston yeah yeah and charleston's probably looking at it like if we could have survived that game charleston might be a school at uh i think it was a 12 seed hanging out in the final four too and that would have really bumped up the numbers i think it's 
either the first or second highest if you combine all the seeds that it's yeah. ever been through the final four, but you add a 12 in there. That's like the most insane year ever. Do you think FAU gets it done though? Like I, I just, I think you're telling me that San Diego state is able to shut down um, Alabama. They're able to shut down Creighton offense to the top um, offenses in the nation. And you're yes. FAU is good. Yes. They can score, but is FAU offense better than, any of those two other teams? No. no. No, and that's why I'm very surprised it's not a little bit higher. Uh, Two-point favorites, I get they're both mid-major teams right now. I think FAU's moving to a little bigger conference, but um, that that's only murmurs from what I hear right now. All right, so, so tell me, Trav, give me the two locks. Let's start San Diego State, FAU. We'll start Moneyline. Who's winning? Oh, no, no, no. I... I'm going straight up Miami only to cover. I just really think they can keep that close. I think that is the lock right there. Um, and but for, I think, for my sake, I need a lock for each game. So we'll start FAU, San Diego State. Who's winning? I need to know. Okay, San Diego State in that in that situation. Okay, I'd even take them to cover. Um, two so points isn't that cover. much. Yeah. I like that. Okay, and then you're taking Miami to cover, but you say UConn to win. Are you going to try to like play that game somehow? Like hit the middle ground? Because that's a very hard game to play, but I think it's entirely possible. But I can also see UConn killing them. I just, why not root? It, it, like, think about it. Why not root for a close game? Because that's going to be the best game of the day. The other one's a bunch of no name teams that some people aren't. Man, I said into. that. I said that in the Elite Eight, and you know what happened? FAU Kansas State. I thought that game was going to be a blowout. That game was so close and crazy. And then Connecticut against um, Gonzaga was a blowout. It's terrible. So you may be surprised. I don't know. The one thing I'll say is I think Kansas State's run was phenomenal. But I think Kansas State was the type of team to allow anybody to stay close to them. Like they yeah. were so fun, so fast. But the way they play... Oh, God, I mean, don't even get me started. It was frustrating, man. Yeah, I mean, the way they play is very out of control. And yes. All you got to do is put a little bit of maturity and philosophy into your team before you come out and just say, take care of the ball. Once you, yep. get, once you eliminate Kansas State from turning the ball over from the other team, or I don't know if I word that right, but getting turnovers yeah, yeah. from the other team – you take away a lot of their game because they're up tempo. They throw crazy passes and they're going to throw crazy passes regardless. Crazy passes. Yeah. I mean, they had the lead and I know the point guard, give him all the credit. He was balling, but he decides to go between the legs, like throwing a pass behind him. It's a turnover. They were up six. They could have pushed it to eight. Like a smart team would have closed that game out so easy, but you're right. They just play crazy. And they're exciting. Every Kansas State game that I watched was fascinating. Lots of points, lots of fast pace, and, and that's exciting. But at the same time, the idea is to win a game at this point. It doesn't matter about anything else. And you you can get you can use their philosophy to get ahead, but at some point, I'm not saying play stall ball, but you need to slow it down and you need to move the ball. You need to move the defense. And overall, you just you got to take care of the ball. You can't be throwing these wild passes that sometimes your teammate is even ready for. Um, there's a time where you got to flip the switch, and usually it's around 
you know, the third <clears throat> half of the game. So like the last 10 minutes, you, you really got to make sure you're taking care of the ball just to close out a game. If you're ahead, use up some clock. Um, if you're fighting back into the game, maybe you keep the same philosophy, but man, Kansas state did kind of blow that game. And what's wild is it wasn't because it was a mature FAU team. FAU is extremely youthful. Um, I think there's going to see some transfers over this next week, this next year, because if they lose their coach, they lose the team. But right. if they keep the coach, there's still probably a handful of guys out there that aren't ready for the NBA. But you know who's calling their name? Maybe Duke. Maybe Kentucky. Yeah. Hell, maybe Texas. Maybe Texas wants some John L. Davis. I don't know. But they might see some bigger money somewhere else, and they might say, oh, hey, I'm about to play Big 12 ACC ball. I mean, that's big visibility right there. So, Yeah, man, I – I agree. And I'm, I think we should be thankful that we're fans of schools that have the draw. Cause imagine pulling for a team that like every four to eight years, they have a good team. And then you got to wait another four day. Like, nope, Texas is going to be top 25. Duke will be top 25. Uh, next year. Basketball debatable. It's a football school. man. Uh, do you th- how many seniors do they have? They had uh, Marcus Carr, Oh, they he's had, gone? That's big. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty big. He's a lot of points out there, and it means that I hope that Dylan Mitchell, uh, he'll be a sophomore. He was a McDonald's All-American. Um, he's going to grow up a little bit. I hope that he has a bigger role. He was pretty much just a role player that started for him this year. And, what about uh, the dude with the shot fake? That was like- <laughs> Sir Jabari Rice. Um, yeah. He has one more year, I believe. Oh, that's sick. I like him a lot. He is so good. Um, he is super good. Let me check it real quick. Oh, no, dude. he is a senior, but I wonder. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he was a grad student, too, so he's out. And he came uh, off the bench. I yeah, mean, I, know. I don't know uh, how close you're watching some of their games, but the bench points Texas would put up was insane and it's mostly yep. because one of their best scorers was like a James Harden-esque player. Serge oh, Ibari yeah. Rice was instant offense, but he was kind of small. He didn't play the best defense. And so he, was, he shared minutes for the most part. Um, they wanted to be a little bit bigger, especially with Big 12. So, I mean, he's sharing spots with Carr and Tyrese Hunter. So you probably just make a judgment call and say keep the – I don't want to say better players on there, but the more consistent players maybe because he's kind of like a J.R. Smith where he's hot and cold. But (laughs) that pump fake was the most exciting thing I saw in college He gets people every time. Dude, shout out to Aaron Blumberg. Aaron Blumberg had a good shot fake back in the day, but Jabari Rice's shot fake is next level. It it was not only the camera, but like us watching. You're like, oh, that's going up. And then, nope, right back down. (laughs) That's right. Aaron kind of got people on that pump fake back in the day. That was was pretty good. I I forget that sometimes. Mark Benzer would be proud. I know. We had a a couple bigs in our class that could really stretch the floor, too. Nick Bevins really (laughs) thought of. Nick Bevin, spot up three point shooter, deadly. <laughs> oh, Bevins, hell yeah, dude. He, uh, hey, in practice, man, he would make you'd make some money off some bets when he'd be like, "I bet I could beat you," you know, three point shooting, and somehow he'd pull it off, man. I mean, that's uh, dude, it's dedication. His shot, his shot genuinely looked painful. Like it looked like it broke bones to get it up. Hey, man, not all great things are uh, appealing to see. Sometimes you just have to. 
You know, a great thing is is sometimes not so beautiful. It's uh, we love Bev. Bev's a Bev could hoop. Hey, don't get it twisted out there. Oh Bev no. put up to like a park. He would give them buckets, no doubt. Dude, he would. He'd give them a, a little bit of the mic and drill out there. Just shoot. Right Jared Nicolaisen. Yeah. <laughs> funny, yeah. funny. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, you have anything else to talk about March Madness for today? Any other plugs? <clears throat> my my last question for you would be, who on Duke do you think is staying? I don't know how closely. You pay attention to their roster. I can talk you through. So you got Kyle Flip Filipowski. You know him, right? Yeah. 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 What do you think? You think he's staying or going? Depends on the NIL money. Um, what What do you think? Uh, you guys won't have Roach again, right? Uh, he was a junior this year. So if he goes to the NBA, I don't think he should. He, he had injuries this year. He didn't have the best year. I hope he stays. That would be insane if he did. A fourth-year sort of Grayson Allen story. Um, I don't know about him, but I think – I just – does Filipowski's game translate to the NBA? <laughs> yeah, he gives me uh, – who's that old Iowa players vibes? The post – uh, Garza. Luca Garza, yeah, exactly. Not, he gives, he's way more athletic than Garza. Don't right. get that but twisted. But it's still but similar. Yeah, just can he do that in the NBA? I mean, you'll be so surprised, man, because like I didn't think Grayson Allen was gonna last this long, and now he's a a solid role player for the Bucks, hitting down three. So like, you never know. It's just like, because then again, you'll think some top draft prospects are gonna make it, and then they get turn out to be bust. So it's hard to say, but. Derek Lively, I think he's gone. Just a genuinely good rim protector, defender, can catch lobs, similar to Mark Williams last year. Um, Proctor staying. Mark Mitchell, I don't know. You know about Mark Mitchell, right? I'm um, looking at him right now. Freshman from Kansas Kansas City, it looks he's like. He's like number 25, I think, this year. He had the, the like short cornrows sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, lefty. I think, but yeah, he's dude. He's got the NBA size. He can score, defend. So I think he may be gone. And then Derek Whitehead's definitely gone. I mean, he showed he can be a genuine yeah. three and D guy. So we'll see, man. I don't. I know. think. Be... I think Filipowski could should stay. From my opinion, um, that would be sick. That he would be ACC Player of the Year, bro. Did you see Caleb Love transferred and then Baycott staying? <laughs> Yeah, I did hear something about that. I did I did hear that Baycott was staying, but I heard murmurs of him going somewhere. And is that like brand new news in the last two days? Because has For he Caleb Love? Yeah, Caleb Love. Yeah, he announced he's transferring yesterday. Do you know where uh, people He hasn't... Uh, I haven't looked at projections, but he hasn't really said anything. I, I don't know where he would go. I mean, he could go a lot of places. Uh, looks like, hey, on the Longhorns wire, they're talking about potential targets in the portal, and uh, Caleb Love's showing <laughs> hey, up. So, that hey, that would be sick. Hey. That would be sick. Well, you know, we lose a good guard. We get another good guard. Uh, Caleb Love joining the, the horns. I think we, we got some money to spend, so we might be able to pull somebody like that, but it depends on, you know, maybe he <laughs> wants to go out west. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting to see. That'll be cool to see. I had no idea. I did see one tweet, I guess, about Caleb Love, but I thought that it was not very credible news. So you, you can't believe everything you see on Twitter is just what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I got you. All right. 
Hey, uh, for anybody following, we're going to be, I'll be over in Chicago this next weekend. I'll post some things. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at untitled underscore the pod. Post a couple vlogs. The Brewers are in town opening weekend playing the Chicago Cubs. So remember, basketball's going on, but uh, baseball starting up and weather starting to get just a little bit better. So it's starting to get some good vibes. Yes, sir. Baseball season's upon us. Definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on today, Anthony. It's great to have you. Talk some shop. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. It was super fun. Hope I was able to give some locks for the people. If you tailed me, this isn't financial advice. So <laughs> Yeah, we're not liable over here. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, I hope uh, if your team is somehow still playing, I hope they win this week. I hope any bets that you put in, you know, as long as you make the right ones, which would be Brewers Moneyline both Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys.